Welcome to that Super Fan Talk Podcast, only on the Infinite Potato Alliance. I watched a couple of disappointing movies. Oh, but, like? Uh, the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Mm. Okay, wait, now just stop. How in the hell could you be disappointed? Because I like the first <laughs> Did you two. Really and expect I, that to be any good? Yeah. Well, yeah, the first one was 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 good. Um, <laughs> I don't remember if I've even seen the second one, but it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It's just you know, it was disappointing. Uh, and then I watched um, Spiral the from the Book of Saul, the new one, yeah. the new Saw movie. Yeah, Chris Rock is not a good actor. He, I mean, <laughs> well, I, I take that back. He was really good in Fargo. Uh, he's so good I was, in Dogma, too. Yeah, well, I was well, expecting... Well, yeah, he's in the TV show of Fargo right now, I believe. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, Dogma but to be was fair, comedist. in Dogma, he was, he was playing Chris Rock. So. Yeah, he was yeah. essentially playing himself in He that. was doing comedy. And uh, in Fargo, is not a comic role that he's doing. He did a good job, so I was expecting good things. But he did okay, but there were some scenes when he had to look really serious, and he just looked high. <laughs> so he like looked he, like he normally does. He would just it? squint. I mean, like he squint his eyes, and that's his deep thought look, you know. <laughs> okay. Hmm. And there were scenes when he was supposed to be like somebody close to him had just been killed, and he's like, like got, got like this little smirk on his face. I was like, it's not funny, Chris. The dude just died hmm. horribly. <laughs> See, I've never seen any of the Saw movies, and I never ever want to. No, no, I've seen the, the first one's actually my favorite, but that's more suspense than it is horror. So. Yeah, no, they are de- Rick. They are definitely not your bag. You would not. No, <laughs> I've become very, very good at knowing what I'll want to watch, what <laughs> what I will enjoy, and what I won't. And every now and then, one of y'all convinces me to watch something. And I'm like, I know I'm not going to like it. And you're like, Oh, you got. And then I watch it. And I'm like, I told you. <laughs> Just I want that time back. <laughs> hey, I got you into Penny Dreadful, and you liked it. You did. Yeah, I'm the one who told you about it. Okay. Yes, you were right about that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think sometimes I think sometimes you go into something knowing that you're not going to like it, and you just and and you don't like it because of that. No, no, I don't do that at all. <laughs> I'm In fact, there's been a there have been many times when I have I, I literally have gone in wanting to hate a movie and come out going that was really good, or a movie or a TV show or something. I, you know, I will have preconceptions about something, but I won't let them color my enjoyment of it. Because if I've got to sit through something, I'm going to try to find a way to enjoy it. Hmm. And if I don't like it, like fucking babes with blades, <laughs> it just pisses me off. Yeah, that literally, was literally. I was angry for two days after watching them. <laughs> wow. Okay. I was not. I mean, I was as soon as I heard the title, I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be one of." The, I knew, I knew kind of what I was getting into when I started to watch it. So, I I thought I did, and if it had been like that, at least, like I said, like I said in the show, at least I would have found something to enjoy and then regret later. All right, let's go ahead and start. Isn't it about time for 
somebody's favorite radio program. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is That Super Fan Talk Podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. I like those odds. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. That monkey's might fly out of my butt. Now, only inches away from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. It's Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame. And I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of that Super Fan Talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray, and I was wondering, wouldn't it be funny if they announced a sequel to Groundhog Day and then they just re-released the original? (laughs) Sitting across the virtual table from me is the man that puts the bump and the bump, shabump, shabump, John Irons. How's it going, sir? The hell? Exactly what I was looking for. And we have, also in the virtual studio, Rick is here. How's it going, sir? Chang, chang, chang it a chang shabop. <laughs> and Jen is joining us tonight. How are you? Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, bang, bang. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and Brandon is here as well. How are you doing, sir? I think I'm on the wrong podcast. I think I prepared for the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're not recording from the delivery room, are you? No, no. That would even I'm smarter than that. Listener, listeners, uh, Brandon's wife is going to give birth in any moment, um, and by the time this comes out, the baby is probably here. So, congratulations. If it's not, we are in a lot of trouble. My wife will not be happy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, this episode, we're going to be focusing on uh, summer movies. We're going to be talking about, you know, whatever that means to you. So if you want to talk about movies that take place in the summer or you want to talk about movies that just make you feel like summer, you want to talk about summer blockbusters, we're going to talk about all that stuff. But before we do that, I thought we'd talk a few minutes about some of the movies that are actually going to be coming out this summer. I've got a list. Some movies that are coming out this summer, and if if I go through this list... And there's some that uh, you guys wanted to talk about that I don't name. Just let me know. Uh, but I have several here that I, that I got from uh, Wikipedia that's going to be coming out over the next uh, two to three months. The first one is actually out already on Netflix. It's called Vivo. V-I-V-O. Never heard of it. Nope, it's, never uh, heard of it either. Sony Pictures Animation's comedy uh, starring the Hamilton director Lin-Manuel Miranda as Vivo, a one-of-a-kind kinkajou which is a honey bear that spends his days singing and dancing and bustling Havana Square alongside his beloved owner when tragedy strikes amid the arrival of a letter from Andre's long-lost lover, Marta, played by Gloria Estefan. So, that's a kid's movie. 
I just thought maybe. Uh, <laughs> right, of course it is. <laughs> well, well, I mean, there are several people here that have small children. They might have heard that. <laughs> I'll tell you what's interesting um, with the Netflix movies is, especially the kids movies, is they find their way into my kids uh, watch list and they watch them. But they don't actually uh, – I like, they'll watch them and I'll be like, oh, what's this? And they're like, oh, just something that showed up. Like, they don't do a big, like, marketing push. Like, they, if they should do, like, some TV commercials or something like that to build some hype. Although I don't know that Lin-Manuel Miranda as a kinkajou would make people that excited. But I, I, feel, like, <laughs> I feel like I've missed out on some good kids' movies on Netflix because my kids have watched them without me knowing that they were even out or what See, they were. I have two. I have two thoughts on that. One, I actually like that Netflix will just drop stuff without any advertising. So it's it's like the only platform where there's still kind of a word of mouth buzz. Like where, hey, did you hear about this thing? Or hey, did you watch this? You know, like, and I miss that because it doesn't happen anywhere else because everything else is just you know advertised up and down the wazoo. And two, did you really miss the children's movie, or did you were you spared the children's movies? <laughs> there apparently was one again about some family fighting a bunch of robots. Yeah, that, that, that was the Millers the versus the Machines. <laughs> that was a good movie. Um, that's the one I was thinking of when y'all were talking about that because I did see a commercial for that. That's how I knew it was coming. I saw one commercial for it. And it wasn't on regular television. It was on another streaming service, I think. I think I was watching something else, and, and a commercial for that came up. And uh, What is that one called? The Millers versus the Machines. Uh, oh, I have heard of that one, yeah. It's, uh, it's made by the same people that did uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. It, it okay. looks a lot like Cloudy movie. with a Chance of Meatballs as well, but the enemy. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. It's like it's like The Incredibles, but without superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, and and if you you, it would be good for you to watch that movie. You could totally watch. I think we've seen it at least two or three times already. So the uh, the opportunity is still there. See, like Sharon has been talking about Raya and the Last Dragon because we weren't going to pay thirty bucks to watch that, and she understood that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it it finally hit. Uh, it's Disney Plus. It finally hit the. You don't have to pay extra for it. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to watch it this morning and I was like, Oh baby, I've got, I've got stuff to do. You go ahead and watch it. And then I was like, Oh, she really wants to watch it. We said, all right. And I said, okay, I'll watch it with you. And we sat down and we started watching it and we got about a quarter of the way into it. And then we had to stop, uh, just cause her oh. sister got up and then we had to go to the store. And by the time we got back, her friend wanted to play. And so we didn't get back to it. And so <laughs> And I, I was enjoying it. Not that I can't it's watch it on really my own. It, it, it's not bad at all. We, we I watched the first, thir- or the first, or all but the last thirty minutes of it with my kids because we paid, we paid for it because you know my kids were super into it. I'm all about Asian representation, so I'm like, yep, we'll buy this, we'll watch it. And then it was bedtime. They had thirty minutes left. The next day, they finished it while I was at work. And so I'm like, okay, while I'm working on something, I'll throw up the last thirty minutes just so I can see how it ends. I was a blubbering mess. I'm not oh, going to tell you. Yeah. Really so, th- so that's so good. I was reluctant to watch it because I generally don't like watching these kids' movies. Usually my, my wife handles that part because she loves them. Mm-hmm. 
I'll like be in the room while it's being watched. Like I've seen the beginning and the end of frozen a million times and I've never <laughs> seen the middle. <laughs> um, but I was enjoying Raya and then, you know, we had to do stuff. And we got back and we couldn't finish it. And I, I just went in before we started recording. I said, so what you want to watch the, the rest of Raya tomorrow morning? And she says, I finished it on my tablet. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Thanks, and was, Dad. And I, well, I had to do just and not the cats anything. in the cradle in the stools. <laughs> <laughs> I had to not portray any sort of disappointment whatsoever. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> oh. you, you, you are perfectly free to watch it on. It's, it's well, a, I, it's I, know a I can watch it on my own. I, I well, just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just heard that the movie was basically Avatar: The Last Airbender, with, but with dragons. Um. So no. I don't know. No. No. <laughs> not even close. It is not that at all. Okay. Okay, so another kids movie that's coming out is uh on Disney Plus on June eighteenth, Luca is a Pixar right. movie. And uh it's a coming of age story about two um sea monsters who assume the forms <laughs> of a pair of human children and they explore the idyllic Italian Riviera town of Portorossi. My kids are very excited about that one. Yeah, my kids tried to pull it up on uh, Disney Plus today. They got they saw that it was there, and they oh yes, and then they realized it was just a trailer. So my yeah, kids, it's, yeah, it's a couple, you got a, you got a couple weeks still, but uh, and it's not going to be premiere access. You'll be able to just watch that with your regular uh, subscription. So now, this is the oh, third cool. Pixar movie that Disney has done that with. Yeah, and so I'm wondering if Pixar has if they're going to use Pixar to drive people to Disney Plus or. You know, right. I'm not that they need to, but like they're charging for Raya, but then Luca and Soul and uh, oh, what was the first one right at the beginning of the pandemic? Um, the uh, the oh, uh, onward, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was Pixar. Like, yeah, yeah. I actually oh, okay. got to see that in the theater because it came out literally the week before everything shut down. <laughs> that, that was a fun movie. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. I I watched that with Sharon, and that was a fun movie. Pixar used to only come out with like one movie a year. And now, I mean, they're churning them out like two, three well, movies not, a year. They're not really pushing boundaries anymore, so they're you know, it, it, it kind of the state of the art is leveled off, I think. So they can they can crank them out faster. And also, Disney owns everything, and they have all the money. Mm, yeah. So the, so they so they recognize, uh, you know, pandemic aside, the streaming wars is where it's at. So it's as much content as they can produce. I'm sure they've got probably eight films in production at all at yeah. any given time. If you're a fan of Hamilton, uh, In the Heights is coming out uh, on June 11th. That's a Lin-Manuel Miranda summer movie version of his 2008 musical. And his other musical. Yeah. (laughs) That looks really good. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, I saw a commercial for it the other day. It looks looks like a lot of fun. So are you going to see, Rick, are you going to see In the Heights before you see Hamilton? Probably. (laughs) Good Lord. Hamilton's right. on Disney Plus still, isn't it? It's yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come on, it's, man. It's there to Rick, stay. Come on. You're you're, you're actively out. avoiding it at this point. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. It's not even. 
I'm I'm just actively yes, ignoring I'm, it. I'm I'm not I'm even just, thinking about it until we have these conversations, and then uh, I'm just messing with actively you. ignoring it. What the heck is happening? <laughs> it means that it doesn't exist in my world unless somebody's talking to me about it. That, that's that's okay. the same thing as willful ignorance. <laughs> no, well, no, maybe. He, he is passively ignoring it. I'm passively yeah. ignoring. It. Yeah, it only feels active because we're on his case about it all the time. Yeah, right. He has to actively defend himself. I just, it's just, I, I do think that you'll enjoy it. Is really all it is. I, I probably will, and you know, like Phantom, maybe twenty five years from now, I'll watch it. I'll tell you, watch the one on Disney Plus as a technical theater guy. You will yes. love to see the way that they used the stage, mm-hmm. and the way that they filmed the stage. The stage is as much of a character of the show as anything else. And as a technical guy, I think that is right up your alley because I found subtle... myself getting enthralled by what they were doing. Yeah, the subtle that's things they do about... to denote the setting. All right. uh, My wife wants to watch Hamilton. Let, you're in charge of making us watch it sometime. Okay. As soon as the podcast is over, we're, you're watching Hamilton. It's only two and a half hours. I mean, it's similar to like watching Les Mis with the way their stage works. And there is an intermission. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll watch it on your next day off. If I remember. If you remember. If you remember. Oh, great. Make a note. Uh, <laughs> set an alert on your phone, man. Uh, <laughs> theaters, June 25th, F9 is hitting the theaters. Uh, F is for family in the ninth installment in the long-running street racing spy action heist drama Fast and Furious series. I can't uh, watch it. I thought it was, some, thought it was some, like, hacker heist movie. No. Like the, like, the, like the F9 Didn't they just... Wait a minute! Didn't the last one just come out like last year? No, two years ago. No, this one was supposed to. Come you're thinking out of Hobbs and Shaw, and that and that's actually been two years. Hobbs and Shaw came yeah, out in 2019. This is the one that was supposed to come out yeah. last year. Yeah, it just you know pandemic. Didn't. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic set everything off. But uh, cyber terrorist mastermind Cipher, played by Charlize Theron, enlists the aid of Jacob, played by John Cena, a master thief, assassin, and Dom's younger brother. Uh, Dom must turn to his old friends, made fast family, in order to fight back and presumably save the world from another nefarious plot. But forget about silly things like plot. They're flying into space in this one. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, See, this, that this, was the last thing they had to accomplish was going out into space. That and Helen Mirren's in it, Rick. That's not enough. <laughs> see, see, you just have to look at Fast and Furious franchise as no longer about street racing. This is now straight up the Avengers with cars. It's like uh, Transformers just and Avengers had to be. Yeah. You go back and watch the first Fast and Furious, and it's nothing like what it is now. But the movies, they're, they're, they're still a lot of fun. I mean, there's it's completely off-the-wall uh, action, implausible, impossible but just a lot of fun to watch, you know, so. I'll watch Herbie if I want that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the old one or the new one? Doesn't matter. Okay. The fact but, that you think that these are even in the same realm of film. <laughs> yes, Herbie. I don't even know what to say to that. The, 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 the fact that you, re- that you refer to Herbie Fully Loaded as the new one. That movie's almost 20 years old. <laughs> well, well, All right, no, you was, kids, get the, the hell off my wall. They did with, no, they, they did the remake with Lindsay Lohan, not, like, what, 10 years ago, something like no, that? No, that's what I'm saying. It's almost 20 years no, ago. That, that Has it been 20? Oh, my God. Yeah, it came out in, like, yeah. 02, 03, something like that. God, 2005. 2005, okay, so Still 16 bad. years ago. Jeez. Oh. Herbie. <laughs> 
fully loaded could now get a driver's license. If Jim yeah. Jones isn't in it, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> if you're a fan of uh, Archer, then you might like America the Motion Picture, which is coming to we Netflix the on June 30th. That last night, and I really can't decide if that's going to be the greatest movie ever or the most <laughs> annoying movie ever. It's probably going to be a little bit of both. I love it. It says that they're... Uh, they're trying to save the, a nascent nation from the nefarious clutches of King James. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's very much in the same vein as uh, Team America. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, except it's animated, except with in, yeah. instead of marionettes. But yeah. But yeah, I, I think I I think I'm looking forward to it. I'm not entirely committed yet. Channing Tatum is a chainsaw-wielding George Washington who assembles a <laughs> super-powered team of farcical historical figures <laughs> in order to kick Benedict Arnold's ass. <laughs> Look, Channing Tatum is one of those guys that really bugs me. Because, you know, he, he can do the whole Magic Mike thing and, and women fall over themselves for him. And then he can also dance. And then you're like, well, surely he can't be funny. And then he goes and does comedy. Like, this is one of those guys that can do all of those things, and it's just not fair. It's like and he's wrong. actually a nice guy in real life, too. No, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> the Forever Purge is coming out on July the 2nd. Um, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I think Rick has said that about all of these. <laughs> no, I, I did not. I said that America... You, you want to see in the height. And, I, and in the heights. the heights in America, the motion picture. Yeah, yeah. I just I haven't seen a purge, and I don't want to. Yeah, it's not your thing. No. <laughs> but uh, and supposedly this is going to be the last one. I don't know. I thought that the last one was supposed to be the last one. But <laughs> yeah, well. as long as they keep mu- making money, you know the studio is going to be like, all right, let's do another one. It's we'll do like a spinoff. Movies. We'll they do a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> You skipped one that I want that I think Rick might actually be excited about. That comes out on the same day as the Forever Purge. What's it? What is it? Tomorrow War. Oh yeah, yeah. We meant we talked about it a little bit last week. I saw the trailer. Okay, all right. That's right. Okay, so the an original sci-fi film. I think that's something that would get Rick. Well, it's on Amazon, so never mind. It won't get him to the theaters, but it'll make him excited, right? Rick? (laughs) What's it about? I haven't heard of it. Oh, we talked about it last week. We did? It's basically, yeah, it's basically they're taking soldiers from the past and taking them into the future. Oh, right. Yeah, they're drafting them into a war in the future. Yeah. It looks good. It looks good. It's basically Um, Millennium, but with soldiers, uh, if you remember that old movie. (laughs) It looks like a movie that's got a lot of uh, more special effects than I would think a movie going straight to streaming would have. Well, I mean, it's an it's an Amazon movie, so yeah, well, Amazon's you know, the, spending their money on that. What do you, the line between TV and movies is very very blurred nowadays. True, that is true. But coming to uh, theaters and Disney Plus on July 9th, of course, we have Black Widow. That uh, I am psyched for. It takes place between Captain America: Civil War and Avengers: Infinity War. As Natasha is forced to confront a dangerous conspiracy led by a relentless mercenary known as the Taskmaster. Uh, this is a movie that we've been, uh, we were supposed to see, I think, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. At least and, last uh, year. I know it was supposed to be out last summer, and yeah. Well, I've been saying that I wanted a Black Widow movie since almost the first time we saw her in Thor. So I'm really excited about this movie. 
Yeah. Actually, her first appearance was the second Iron Man movie. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, you're right, Iron Man. Because uh, it, it, it's when they found the, the hammer. That's why I'm thinking Thor. You're right, the, the Iron Man. I think they should have made this one back when it actually fits into the timeline. I'm sure they had to do some things and had things locked into play for production to get Infinity War, uh, War all set up and things like that. But I really I think it's really weird that even, you know, pandemic aside, it's still coming out out of continuity. And the only reason that I could imagine them saying we're not doing this Black Widow movie at the time that we want that it makes sense to do this Black Widow movie was Disney saying, oh, we're a little worried. And I think some of it had to do with Ike Perlmutter still had some say in things. But because he was the guy who took like Black Widow out of the toy sets and things like that. Yeah. But uh, See, I, I think they were just afraid of a female-led superhero movie for some reason. Yeah, and then Captain Marvel came out and pretty much gave the, him the finger. <laughs> so. That's not what I thought it was. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I, my thinking was that, um, you know, various uh, actors or entities, like their, their profits are, are like based on like they get they get a piece of the box sales, like the you know the the ticket sales. So they were trying to hold off and, you know, well, let's see if we can release it in the theaters. Let's see if we can delay it a week. Let's see if we can delay it a month. Let's see if we can delay it a few months right, and, right, still get, and still get a major theater release as opposed but, to putting it on Dempsey Plus. Because, as you say, all of the other solo movies got that. And but this so takes it's, place it's a little bit video. shady if the, if the female-led one doesn't get the same shot. Well, are, are you talking about when the movie is set or when they're releasing it? When they're releasing it. No, Brandon, do you, are you talking about when the, so the, I, the time so, that I the mean, movie is set? They obviously can't do it in the future after uh, Endgame, oh, right? Oh, well, yeah. But, right. So I feel like they should have released the movie before Endgame. John makes a really good point in terms of the pandemic. It would look really stupid on like box office mojo. To be, and you know, trolls would make the point. Oh, worst Captain Marvel movie of, ever! Look, these numbers are terrible because it came out in the middle of a pandemic. That's okay. That's beside the point. I think it should have come out before at least Endgame, probably before Infinity War. I I, I kind of agree. I, I think that it probably should have come out after uh, Civil War. But what what was the next thing that came out after Civil War? I think it was Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with that about Black Widow. I I think that it probably should have come out chronolo- chronic lot in order chronologically <laughs> chronologically. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I guess better better now than never. I don't know why they decided to do it the way that they did, unless something's gonna be unveiled in the movie that if we had found out then might have spoiled something i don't know i think it's it's just all bets are off with the pandemic nobody knows what the hell they're doing and they're they're everyone's just kind of making it up as they go along this movie was supposed to come out you know at least a year ago and i'm sure that there are demographic people and marketing people who are having a tug of war with the executives trying to, to, you know, no, it needs to come out now. No, it needs to come out then. No, it needs to, you know, I don't think anyone knows what's, what's right right now anymore. Well, I think Brandon is saying that, it, that he thinks it should have come out back in like 2017. Like two years ago. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, four years ago. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, you're right because they were dragging their feet because th- there's been talk about a Black Widow movie for at least five years. Yep, mm-hmm. probably oh, yeah. more. Yeah, they've and, been talking uh, about a Black Widow movie since uh, like right after the first Avengers movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am so. going to um, optimistically choose to believe that they have used the delay to make it better. Like it was probably pretty good. I was like, you know what? Since we've got another six months, let me bump up this effect. Let me re-edit this. Let's add some ADR here that makes that make more sense. So I am I am going to choose to believe <laughs> that they were productive in their production time and they did good and let made it play. better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in theaters and on HBO Max on July 16th, Space Jam, A New Legacy, starring okay. LeBron Don't James. Don't care about that either. No, totally going to watch that film. I think this one could be good. As, much, as good as a Space Jam movie ever could be. Good. Exactly. Which isn't saying much. Um, you know. It isn't, but that's why you got to be fun. on Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam's a good movie. <laughs> Okay, if you say so. It was entertaining. I expected it to be as entertaining. Actually, I I expected it to be more entertaining than the first one because I feel like they have more good actors in it. And and what are you trying to say? Bill Murray isn't a good actor. More good actors. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm not convinced that Bill Murray won't show up in this, but um, I suspect he probably will. Yeah, it's uh, and and technology has has advanced a lot since 1996. True, and they're really leaning into the whole. All of our properties are, are, you know, it's 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 really more just you know, spot the Easter egg. This this is uh, Ready Player One for the new generation. Yeah, yeah, everybody, everybody's in this one. Um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll I'm I'm not going to go to the theater and watch it. I'll watch it on HBO Max, but. uh, it seems yeah. like it's gonna like it's gonna be pretty good. I think we talked a little bit about old last week. That's a new M Night Shyamalan movie mm-hmm. where they go to a, a, the beach and time is moving very quickly and they start aging. And that's pretty much oh, did you, all that we've seen in the trailer is they're getting old. <laughs> yeah, talking about um, are you are you you're doing these in order of release? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you talk about Infinite last week? No, I don't think so. no, I, I yeah, no, I sure didn't. I just I just found out about that uh, like a couple of days ago. I I want to see that it, in part because I don't have to go to theater to see it. It's 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 gonna be I think like next week, June tenth, on uh, Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and formerly known as you know CBS All Access, right? And it's basically Mark Wahlberg. It's kind of like. Highlander, except your body changes. So it's like you, you, there's a certain group of people, when they die, they're reincarnated, but they can remember their past lives. And so they can remember like all the Dr. skills. Who. Yeah. Doctor mm-hmm. Who meets yeah. Highlander. I'm sure that's Doctor Who meets Highlander. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Doctor Who meets Highlander. Yeah. Picture it. Dr. Well, I, see, Highlander. when I saw the trailer, when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh, okay. So it's Fast and the Furious, but there's a reason they can do these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It looks good. I'm 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 down for it. The uh, yeah the 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 ad that they put on Facebook really caught my eye because it's got like this weird uh, holographic um, kind of trick eye trick to it when it scrolls up the screen. Really catches your eye. It's supposed mm. to. Um, in theaters on July 23rd, we have Snake Eyes GI Joe Origins. 
Which looks kind of, interesting from the trailer. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I grew up loving G.I. Joe and I was not, uh, I was not, I did not hate those, those two movies. Um, so I was going to say, is this the same people who did the other two G.I. Joe movies? Yeah, it's supposed to be a prequel. It's a prequel to those. It's supposed to be in the same universe and everything. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. they're kind of doing what Fox had attempted to do with the X-Men when they were doing the X-Men Origins, but they only made Wolverine. Now, that yeah. one was a licensing thing because they had to make a movie so many every so many years yeah, where yeah, they yeah. the rights. And yeah. you can tell that they had to rush that with both the CG and what they did to Deadpool. That was That was not a good example of anything. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was almost as bad as that Fantastic Four movie that was made just to keep the copyright. Which one? <laughs> All, almost as bad. <laughs> there, the, well, yeah, there hasn't been a really, well, okay, back in the 90s. Oh, the really a, old one. <laughs> yeah, there was a Fantastic Four movie made that was never released. It was only made because the studio, and I, I want to say it was John Carpenter. No, it was Roger um, Corman. Oh, Corman. Car- Car- yeah. I get Carpenter and Corman mixed up because they're both about on the same par. <laughs> uh, and wow. Scott got me to watch it once. And, oh, my God, is it awful. <laughs> it makes all of the Fantastic Four movies that came out since look like freaking Shakespeare. It is definitely a 12-beer movie. At least. Maybe we need to watch that on a <laughs> Patreon episode. That I wouldn't mind. That would be interesting. <laughs> I can't uh, believe you compared Roger Corman to John Carpenter. John yeah. Carpenter? Have you seen some of Carpenter's early films? Have have, you... Yeah, but have you seen the others? Yes. Carpenter That's... is kind of like a broken clock. Twice a day, he's right. Otherwise, <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm sorry. The thing was a fluke. A really wonderful flu. <laughs> the Green Knight comes out on uh, June thirtieth, and it's um, yeah, it's, that one's going to be interesting. I, I love Dev Patel so much. Uh, he's such a cool actor. Dev Patel from Slumdog Millionaire stars as Sir Gawain, the headstrong nephew of King Arthur himself, who embarks Swing. on a perilous quest to confront a menace known as the Green Knight. So yeah, it's an old legend. It's a very old legend. legend. It's as old as the le- the Arthurian legends. Um, yeah. There's been another. Mo- there's been a couple of other movies, including one that Sean Connery played the Green Knight. It's awful. He has this like huge like afro. It, you, uh, you. August sixth, uh, we're getting the Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad. Yeah, the James um, Gunn one. Margot Robbie, Joel Kinnaman, uh, Harley Quinn, uh, John. Uh, uh, no, excuse me. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Joe Kinnaman is Rick Flagg. And, uh, of course, uh, Idris Elba's playing Bloodsport. John Cena's the Peacemaker. Sylvester Stallone is King Shark. Uh, Jai Courtney is Captain Boomerang. David Dasmalchian is Polka Dot Man. And many more. But don't get too attached Polka to all of them because it yeah, is Yeah, it's a actual comic character. Yeah. Man. They also have a guy who basically he takes his arms off and, and hits people with him. Oh, if you go into the 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 Batman Rose Gallery and like look at some of the ones that only got one issue or whatever, there's some crazy uh, villains. Yeah. Look, look at the yeah. beginning of uh, Lego Lego Batman movie when he starts naming off all those villains. Those are all real yeah. villains. And they're Calendar all real. Man. Yeah, like what was there, Condiment <laughs> King or some crap like yeah. that? Yeah, Condiment yeah, King, yeah. 
<laughs> this is why they're on the Suicide Squad, because no one's really going to miss these characters. Yeah, <laughs> I have absolutely no expectation for this movie to be anything other than painful, but I'm sure I'm going to have to watch it. Oh, the trailer! The trailer that I saw looked hilarious. But you like you the, like the trailer the for Quinn Suicide movie, Squad right? looked great, and it was awful. Yeah, yeah well, because like it was Quinn edited movie, by right? the people right. who did the trailer, I, and that was why. I I enjoyed the hell out of Birds of Prey, even though I think it was very badly named. Well, it had two names because they changed it after it came. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I, cer- I totally get people who w- who were expecting a Birds of Prey movie and got Harley Quinn with it's, a cameo by the Birds of Prey. I can. Well, it was Harley Quinn and four other chicks is basically what it was. <laughs> but I I in, I enjoyed that movie a lot. But uh, the first Suicide Squad movie was a hot mess that was just absolutely painful. To get through, I didn't think it was <laughs> painful. I just thought yeah. it was. It wasn't. I'm trying to think of what the issue was with that movie. The plot was vague. Like there were things that I really liked about the movie. It just didn't come together well. I'll, it, I'll, it was. Okay. It was. It was like a. It was like a cake that you didn't let cook quite long enough. Yeah, <laughs> and you can see what it was. What it was supposed to be doing, but. You can't eat it, really. It's, <laughs> the only it's, it's, thing the flavor about is good, but the composition is bad. Was noteworthy, and I'm. I've said this before, so it's not like this is a surprise. But the the only, I mean, the only saving grace of the movie <laughs> is also its its most appalling fact is the director's obvious love of Margot Robbie's ass. <laughs> oh. Well. Sure. Because <laughs> spent a long time on her ass, and it's an impressive ass. <laughs> but that is not enough for a movie. <laughs> that was probably in her contract. No, she was. She even said going further forward with Harley Quinn, she will not wear that outfit again. No, she won't. <laughs> and ironically, it's the most popular of her outfits if people wear it cons. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I'm going to throw these last two out so we can get into our. Uh, topic uh don't breathe two is coming out in august 13th Stephen lang is back as a uh blind homicidal army veteran who tried to artificially inseminate a bound woman with a turkey baster in the first movie and uh how could i the aptly titled (laughs) don't don't breathe two sees lang return as the mysterious blind man now he's living in a he's hiding out in a secluded cabin several years after the first movie so, according to Sony, Norman now lives in solace until his past sins catch up to him. Dun dun dun! So, uh, so it's a you know very what? wholesome, every, uplifting movie, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. Every time you guys convince me that maybe I'm too hard on movies and I should be a little less judgmental before I see it, some shit like this comes out. The thing about Those the first two don't breathe are completely unrelated. <laughs> I, I mean that, that we never that, said there weren't shitty movies. Yeah. <laughs> That description that I just read, like, it spoils the first movie, but... <laughs> oh, my God. Is there much to spoil there? Just but so- that movie was a, it was... It was a completely different movie until about the last 20 minutes. It was a really good, suspenseful horror movie until you find out all that stuff about, I'm impregnating this woman with a turkey baster. That all happened, in, like, in the last 20 minutes. The rest of it... 
I was watching it like in a dark room, and I was, and you know, I don't get scared watching movies, and that one had my heart pounding. So, mm. you got a a blind man that's in a dark room, and he's just everybody that comes in. I mean, they they can't touch him because he's he's so fast. He doesn't he can hear better than they can, and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's it was good I, until, I like the, him until the end. In, uh, in Rogue One, without the turkey baster. and then on uh august 27th we get the uh reboot of uh candy man um and tony todd's in it (laughs) y'all it's a spiritual sequel to uh to candy to the original candy man i have not seen the trailer for it so i i don't know but it's coming now june's coming out in october so it doesn't count for tonight right yeah, that's not. A, it won't be a summer movie. But yeah, they did announce that it's it's not coming to HBO Max. They changed their mind on that one. It's mm. just going to be uh, in theaters. So, well, I'm I'm vaccinated now, so I would have seen that in the theaters anyway because that looks mm. like it's going to be freaking awesome. I'm daring to expect that this movie is going to be awesome because the trailers left me in tears. Aww, Dune. Because I have been a Dune fan since 1982. Mm-hmm. Not not since the movie came out. Since you read the book. Since well, okay, I was afraid of the book when I was in oh, high school. I, okay. I think I've told this story before on on a podca- on podcast. My uh, we had a friend in in high school named Dan who was like one of those guys who was like Stephen Hawking smart, and uh, Dune was his favorite book. So I was convinced there was no way in hell any mere mortal like me could understand it. <laughs> There were three books that scared the hell out of me as a kid in high school. The Lord of the Rings, the Foundation Trilogy, and Dune. Um, I have since read all of them and love all of them. But, you know, I was just intimidated by their reputations. And then David Lynch's Abomination came out. And I saw it. And I came out of there and I remember leaving the Village Green movie theater and going, what the hell did I just watch? You're not and the only so <laughs> then I went and got the book and I read it and I have read reread Dune. I've read all of the Dune books, uh, but I've reread Dune, the, the, the first book, at least a dozen times. Um, it's one of the best science fiction books ever written. And I don't in any way feel like I'm overhyping it. If anything, I may be underscoring it. Uh, Frank Herbert's Dune is one of the top five science fiction books ever written, and I will stand by that. Um, but it has yet to be made into a decent film. and Or in any, you know, uh, you know, David Lynch's thing was a nightmare. Uh, if you ever get a chance to see Hodorowski's Dune, watch it because it's like uh, the, the life and death of Superman lives. Right. Um, <laughs> it really shows you how we dodged a bullet on a movie that would have absolutely shit on everything Frank Herbert ever created. Mm. Um, and it, 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 but the, the good thing about Hodorowski's Dune is it gave us alien and I'm, I'm not going to tell you any more about that. Watch the movie and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then there was um, a TV movie. There was a TV miniseries of it that sci-fi did in the yeah, 90s. That, that was, yeah. I it was believe. better, but some of it was just like, what the fingers and shit um mm. <laughs> but that was it, it after that came out and i was like okay they had like 
a miniseries. So it was like 10 episodes to do it right, and it still wasn't right. And so I was like, all right, maybe this is just a book that cannot possibly be made into a movie. Um, and then Villanueva started talking about doing it. And then they, he, the, the more I read about what he was saying, and then I saw the casting, and then the the, the, the trailers came out, and I, w- I was like, I know what that scene is. That scene is. I know what that scene is. That's how it should look. That's how it should look. That's how, and and it looks like you know he's he, he's it's it's two movies. The first book is two movies, mm-hmm. which is at the very least how it should be done. And so I am daring to get my hopes up and be excited about this new Dune movie because it looks like it's finally going to be done right. We shall see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are books out there that should never be made in the movies, but somebody always attempts it. A lot of them by it. Heinlein. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somehow they do that anyway. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, summer movies. And Brandon, uh, why don't you start? You're our guest tonight. Why don't you start? Oh, okay. So when I was thinking about summer movies uh, that just made me feel like summer, you know, I... I Handful came to mind, but this one reminded me the most of my summer, not because of the uh, because of the things. Well, I'll tell you the name and then I'll explain it. Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Okay. So this 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 reminds me most of my summers, not be not with the superpowers and with the uh, Mysterio type things, but more with the the awkward guy on a summer school trip, not able to get anything together and just making a mess of everything. That was kind of, that was kind of my MO in summer. And so I loved the Spider-Man movies because they kind of feel like John Hughes movies. And this one was basically a John Hughes movie in the summertime. Did you have glasses that controlled missiles? Yes, actually (laughs) I did, but I didn't let a lot of people know about it. That was the difference between me and Peter Parker. Like I said, not not, not in terms of the superpowers and things like that, but in the awkward teenageriness of this, uh, I felt very connected to Peter Parker in those scenes. Yeah, the, the, yeah, those movies are. Um, you forget. I forget until I go see one of the Spider-Man movies that these are like these are teenager movies. <laughs> they have all the teenager. Uh, tropes that you expect from like a John's John Hughes movie like you were saying and you also forget that they're Sony movies because they do stuff in these movies that they wouldn't necessarily do in a Disney Marvel movie like uh when like they were playing uh basically they were playing F Mary Kill in the first one yeah. that's not that's not something you do in a Disney movie but <laughs> but in a Sony movie maybe <laughs> speaking of the glasses that control missiles like Tell me what uh, what weird teenage guy would not take advantage of using those to uh, take out his competition for his crush? I mean, like that that seemed to me is like, yeah, if I had those glasses, that would track. That would track. Wow. That's disturbing on all many levels. All yeah. teenagers, all teenage boys are murderers. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Blink, Possible. Blink uh, I wouldn't know. So. <laughs> It's true. They they could be murderers <laughs> if they had the opportunity. All right. I, I uh, loved I loved Go Far ahead. From Home. Uh, I especially love the whole Night Monkey thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Night Monkey, that's right. Oh. 
Uh, they put out a uh, they put out a Funko Pop of Night Monkey. Oh, of course they did. <laughs> they put out a Funko Pop. Of they have an opportunity to put out a Funko Pop on. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anytime we can make ten bucks, we're gonna make ten bucks. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. all right, Jen, what's the first one on your list? Uh, okay, so the first thing I thought of because I also thought about movies that make me think of summertime or take place plot wise in the summertime. First one I thought of, you're gonna go really Friday the Thirteenth, the original. No, I mean this it takes, takes place in the summer, summer camp. camp. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only uh, series I've seen. Actually, I think the first three, the first three movies take place are are centered around those that the camp, right? Mm-hmm. They start to get away from the camp a little bit in some of the later ones. Yeah, and then he ends up but. in New York and 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 space and uh, yeah. Well, except <laughs> Jason wasn't even it. Well, he was in the first one for two briefly, seconds. briefly. <laughs> But yeah, it was all about spoiler alert for how old is this movie? <laughs> about forty years. I was gonna yeah, say almost. spoiler. Yeah. Um, mom. Okay. Yeah, the, the the first one is the is the only one that's really a horror movie because the rest of them they get more and more campy as they go along, mm-hmm. and uh, just be, I mean they're slasher movies, but uh, the the kills become really outrageous. At times, but uh, but the first one, yeah, it's this is straight up sli- uh, horror movie. So, yep. John, what about you? What's your first one? I guess I will start with uh, 1996's Independence Day. That was on my list. It, yeah, it, it to me is kind of the first film that I remember being a summer blockbuster. I I can't say that it was like you know. Definition wise, but it's the first one that I remember that was so tied to a summer release. I mean, you know, Fourth of July, uh, big stars, big action, and it was during that first wave of films where they didn't mind blowing up cities, like yeah, <laughs> you know, like 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 it was kind of taboo. I mean, it's hard to think about it now. But like you know, you didn't, you wouldn't do too much damage to a real place in a film unless that was like the big climax of the movie. And even then, you know, they could, they, you know, the last shot is them repairing it. But no, they just, they, you know, they start off the movies, they establish these characters, and then they blew up the White House. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they always got a big cheer from the theater. Yeah. When the White House and the, blew because up. the dog made it. Thousands yeah. died, but the dog made that jump, so it's all fine. Um, uh, the first you, you were mentioning that being the first blockbuster that you remember. The first time that I remember movies being like a big thing for the summer. I know it has happened for decades or whatever, but 1989 when the first Batman and mm-hmm. uh, when the first Batman movie came out and Ghostbusters two came out that same summer. And they had like all the, they had all the, you know, the cups that you get at McDonald's and all that kind of stuff. That was the, um, the first time that I remember there being so many tie-ins to a movie and just everywhere you look, this movie's coming out. This movie's coming out. I remember those, but for whatever reason, I don't remember tying that to some, and it it probably is just the marketing of tying it to the 4th of July. Oh yeah. 
uh, and you know, and everybody in the movie is talking about the Fourth of July, and it's all this and it's all that, and you know, it's like well, the barbecue. And- this is our Independence Day. Mm, that's right. like one of the best speeches ever. <laughs> Well, there was like yeah. three years in a row that Will Smith had the Independence Day weekend. I mean, he had Independence Day, yes. he had uh, Men in Black, and I think uh, the Wild Wild West. Wild, they, Wild, I think Wild they West all came put him uh. into the streak. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rick, what about you? What you got? Sorry, I've got to stop biting my tongue. Um, <laughs> I hate. Oh, Rick, we know you oh, love you Wild, like Wild, Wild, Wild West. West. No. <laughs> no. Okay, well, then we're fine. He's no. got same page. He's got a whole uh, blog about how much he loves the Wild Wild West. I've seen it. I've, I've read every entry. It's like it's like you poetry. read my blog. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's impressive. I haven't written anything in that in like ten years. Well, that yeah. tracks with the Wild Wild West. Though. Wild mm. Wild West pissed me off because that was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Same here. Anyway, um, okay, I have to give a caveat here. Um, I've spent the majority of my life in Florida. So summer don't mean shit to us. Mm. (laughs) So I was kind of at a loss as to what a summer movie means. Um, And I I, I know you gave some, some, some directions, but I just, you know, there is, in my mind, there is no such thing as a summer movie. So I just kind of looked up movies that I, I just Googled summer movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's fine. Just to see what, what other people think, because we're, we're Florida is a very weird place. You know, the, the, the Florida man trope is real. Exaggerated. It's real. <laughs> this is one of the weirdest places to live. And, uh, you know, and it normally, it, it, for the most part, it doesn't really play that big of a role. But right now, I have no idea what the rest of the world thinks of summer because we live in it all the goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm just picking movies that came up in that list that I like. And I'm going to start with Grease. Uh, okay. I love this movie. And again, I'm you know, generally musicals aren't my favorite, but Grease is so much fun. And I've done the show, the, the stage play, and it's a lot of fun. And one of my favorite things about Grease is that everybody loves the song Grease Lightning, and it's one of the filthiest songs ever to be portrayed, ever yeah. to yeah, pay yeah. attention to the lyrics. Uh, but um, one of, of really, I think it's funny, because when I think about it in hindsight, uh, when I was, in, when I was a, a sophomore in college, we were getting ready to do some summer productions and we were doing not full productions of shows, but we were doing like one acts. And one of the things we were doing was a one, was a, a cut down version of Greece. And I actually auditioned for the part of Danny Zuko. And I thought that my five foot six, 170 pound blonde ass was going to get cast as this Italian greaser in 19 in a 1950s school. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> I did not get the part. <laughs> Speaking of which, I once played the role of the king and king and I, and the fact that I was a really tall Asian person auditioning in Utah definitely helped me. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> 
probably not a wide a wide casting pool in that one. <laughs> Two Asians auditioned. And the other one was like four feet tall. <laughs> they did a, a skit on Saturday Night Live several years ago, and uh, Christopher Walken was in it. And Christopher Walken was playing like the producer of Grease, and they had they had the guys come out and they were singing Grease Lightning. And he kept stopping the song. <laughs> he kept stopping the song. and was like, wait a minute. Did, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> I never knew this song was, was so filthy. I heard the words pussy wagon. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I didn't know they were talk, allowed to talk about getting off your rocks in, the, <laughs> in this old movie. Okay, um, my first one is National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983. Oh, that was on my list. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Chevy Chase, Beverly that. D'Angelo, Randy Quaid, John Candy, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, directed by Harold Ramis. And of course, it's the infamous, the infamous film about uh, Clark Griswold taking his family on a cross-country road trip to Wally World. So... I've talked before that one of my favorite Christmas movies is Christmas Vacation, but that's actually the third movie in the series. This is the first one, and mm-hmm. it started the franchise. And to tell you the truth, it's the best one in the series. It's um, the only one like I've in- seen. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I recommend this one. I recommend Christmas Vacation and Vegas Vacation. You can skip European Vacation. That movie's terrible. Um <laughs> But like any 80s comedy, you know, it's got all these memorable moments, quotable lines. Like, is that a real gun, Mom? I don't know, Rusty. But when that's all over, your father may be going away for a while. <laughs> and uh, I think John I Hughes had my brain. <laughs> John Hughes had some. Uh, he had some trouble getting getting a studio to make the movie because it was based off of a short story that he had actually written for the magazine, the National Lampoon magazine, and uh, they said it was too episodic to be a film. And he was like, it's a road trip movie. It's supposed to be episodic. You go from right. town to town and you have an adventure, you uh-huh. know. So, uh, but it did get made and it's, uh, and, and it's, it's really good. I, it's a classic. Uh, <laughs> so, um, all right. Uh, Brandon, what's the next one? Well, I'm really glad that Rick chose Greece because that was going to be one of my picks, but it was going to be one of my picks so that I could preface it for this other one because not all summer movies actually have to take place in the summer because Greece, for the most part, was in the school year, right? Yeah. Um, so this one is a movie that, I don't know, it's not a great movie. It's a dumb comedy, but it really, to me, felt like just an extended summer vacation. And this is a Justin Long movie called Accepted. And Okay. So this movie came out uh, in 2006, and it had Justin Long and uh, and Louis Black, and it was about basically a kid who didn't get into co- into the college that uh, into a college basically, and so he created his own college. He made a website for it, uh, and to show his dad basically like, oh yeah, here's this college, and his dad was going to pay for his college, right? And uh, then he forgot to, like, make it just private. And so other people signed up for it as well. <laughs> and he had to basically turn it into a college. But the the whole trick was it was only a college on the outside so that when the parents dropping the kids off, they would see that, oh, it's a college. But then, like, behind the scenes, it was like an extended summer uh, frat vacation, essentially. 
and Louis Black gets brought in to be the quote unquote dean of the school so that like he can make it look legitimate and so it's it's just a really fun movie and uh you know the the college that he created was I believe it was the Southampton Institute of Technology, which <laughs> those initials spell something brown, and I think those were the colors. <laughs> so that actually sounds familiar. I don't think I ever saw it, but I remember hearing about it. Well, since you brought that up, I was going to save this for my uh, also rans, but the movie Camp Nowhere from 1994 is about the same exact plot. That was on my list too. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the same plot. It's a kid that creates a summer camp because he doesn't want to go to summer camp, and they trick their parents into letting them go to a summer camp where there are no counselors. And, and that's uh, the one with Christopher Lloyd, right? Yeah, Christopher Lloyd's in it, yeah. Yeah, and, and really the only scene that I remember is that uh, Christopher Lloyd pays this kid to pretend to be his kid while he goes on a date. And tells him, "Look, I'll give you, I'll give you a dollar for every llama bean that you eat." So the kid ate like I don't know, three hundred llama beans <laughs> at dinner. <laughs> All right, uh, Jen, I think you were next. All right, uh, this is a little more obscure. Uh, it is a film that came out in two thousand nine called Adventureland. Uh, huh. It's got Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart, Ryan Reynolds, Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader, and others. Uh, essentially, Eisenberg is playing himself in it, but it actually works. Kristen Stewart is playing herself, and it actually works. Uh, essentially, Jesse Eisenberg is a is a college grad, and he has to get a summer job so he can make money, so he can take a trip to Europe. So he gets his summer job at a amusement park called Adventureland, which is based on a real park called Kennywood in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've been there; it's pretty awesome. Uh, so I had a lot of nostalgia watching this. <laughs> But he falls for one of the other employees, played by Kristen Stewart, who basically she's very mopey, emo chick, cheap big surprise. And uh, they start to hit it off, and then you realize she's actually dating one of the other employees, played by Ryan Reynolds. And I don't know how the hell Ryan Reynolds and Kristen Stewart could ever be a couple, but they make it work in this film. And uh, it's actually a pretty fun watch. Uh, like I said, it's basically Jesse Eisenberg playing Jesse Eisenberg and Christian Stewart playing Christian Stewart. But for the characters that they're playing, it actually works. It's a really enjoyable film if you ever get a chance to see it. But it takes place during the summer because they all have summer jobs at this amusement park. It keeps popping up on my uh, Hulu, but I've never... I've never watched. It's it. a cute film, and and Ryan Reynolds is actually more subdued. <laughs> <laughs> this was before he got like really big. Uh, same with Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader; they weren't really big yet uh, when this movie came out. But worth a watch. All right, John, what you got? Pee Wee's Big Adventure, <laughs> summer nineteen eighty six. It did not. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a summer release. It actually came out in like the fall of '85, I think. But I didn't see it in the theater. Uh, I don't think I might have seen it in the theater. But I remember seeing it on HBO. And I. This is completely just personal memories, and I don't know why. But I remember. I, I guess it must have come out like that first week that we were out of school. And it was before on demand, <laughs> so you just had to time things to see them. And uh, it was like the 
first weekday, I think I remember being home during like the middle of the day. It was hot outside. We were eating ice cream and we were watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Was it? It just it just makes me think of that summer. And it was you know great movie, Large Marge. Uh, it's probably. The, oh, yeah. I think it's the first That's, Tim Burton. Uh, that was my my introduction to Tim Burton. I think that um, was his first film, or pretty close n- to it. No, it was his first he like had, big feature. He had made something before that, but it was his first big Frankenweenie. Direct this all by himself, kind of you mm. know movie. But he, uh, I saw, I had a uh, no, I, I didn't see. It. I I heard an interview with. Uh, Paul Rubens, I think it was on the Nerdist, and it was several years ago. And he was talking about when they were kind of coming up with concepts to make that movie. And their first concept was to remake Pollyanna, but uh-huh. <laughs> that would have been interesting. And then they ended up on this idea of making a movie about a man, a man's love for his bicycle. <laughs> and that's what they ended up going with. Um, I've never seen the sequel. I remember there being a big top big Pee-wee top movie Pee-wee, that came out. Yeah. I don't think it I ever saw it. it wasn't it's not as nearly as good. As I saw it and I don't remember a damn thing about it. So, yeah, and it, then was big, it was his first like full feature, full feature film. His first real like big film. It, Frank and Weenie was before that in '84. Pee-wee's Big Adventure was right after that. They got a they've got a, a Pee Wee movie that came out about two or three years ago on Netflix. I'd never watched it either. <laughs> um, all right, Rick, what, what what you got? All right, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, this is a movie Didn't that you cheat came... on the last one. <laughs> no, yeah, you used just... somebody Sorry. else's list last time. Well, what? <laughs> 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 um. This is a movie that that came out in April of 2013, but it really is one of those, you're you're sitting around, it's too hot to go outside, let's watch a really cheesy movie. And this movie was so much fun, and it's, I'm not going to say it's so bad it's good, but (laughs) it's better than it has any right to be. And that's 2013's Nights of Badassdom. Oh, yes. <laughs> and my wife just gave me a thumb, a thumbs up. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. Oh, you need to see it. Okay, oh. this is a movie that, fe- well, uh, features is really too strong a word, even though all of the marketing puts these two right up front and center. Uh, it, it guest stars Summer Glau and Peter Dinklage. Um, neither of them have huge roles in the film, but they're in it. Uh, and you can pretty much see that's where the majority of the budget went to. Um, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the premise of the film is you've got this weekend LARPing event. Okay. If you don't know a LARP, LARP live action role play, um, this one guy, uh, you know, it's, it's very, it's almost Kevin Smithian in that it starts off with this guy breaking up with his girlfriend and his friends convince him to go to this weekend event to, to drown his sorrows and fantasy and stuff. And Peter Dinklage and, and Summer Glau are part of, they're, they're part of the, the LARPing group. And what happens is uh, these guys find this ancient book of Latin and they use it as a spell book and they actually conjure a demon who then spends the rest of the film killing 
horribly <laughs> the, 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 the people LARPing. Um, but it's so much fun. It's it's awful, but not like uh, what what the hell do uh, the not like the thing with two heads awful, or not like Plan Nine <laughs> from Outer Space awful. Um, it there's actually a really fun heart to it, and Summer Glau is wonderful, and I you know I love her in anything, and 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 she, ha- she it's clear she had a great time doing this, and Peter Dinklage has some of the best lines ever in this movie, so. Uh, while I, it's not going to be something that you're going to sit there and go, wow, that was a good movie. You're going to sit, uh, sit there and go, have a few beers, have some friends over, watch this film. It's a hell of a lot of fun. I just thought about this. It would have been hilarious if I had said, let's talk about summer movies, and Rick brought nothing but movies with Summer Glow in them. <laughs> That's actually one of mine. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. but <laughs> I, th- I, th- I thought I was being clever, but yeah, Serenity is on my list for that reason. Oh, <laughs> it does have summer in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. The next one on my Serenity list. Before I saw Firefly. Mm. Wow, that was. Then you would have been really lost. Was, <laughs> that would have been odd. It, it actually wasn't bad. It, I did it, the same thing. Um, a friend of mine who loves to sit me down when I go to visit him and force me to watch movies I said I'd never watch, or uh, he's like, you've got to watch. Because I, I, I'd heard of Firefly, but I'd never seen it. And he's like, all right, let's, let's watch this movie. And we watch Serenity. And it actually works if you haven't seen Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it holds up. But when I finally watched Firefly... I kept waiting for River to be this badass ninja. Oh, <laughs> I did wasn't. the exact same thing. Like it was like, come on, I know she can do it. Where where is she? And then it's like, oh, it was it was in the movie. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> you know how Reavers clean their knives, right? They put them through the wash. They run them through the wash. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my next one is uh, from 1987. Ernest goes to camp. Oh. Ernest, I love Ernest. I have been a fan of Ernest P. Worrell since I was uh, very small. So this this movie came out when I was 10. But by the time the movie came out, there had already been tons of TV commercials. And it was weird because Ernest wasn't a character that just advertised one thing. He advertised all kinds of stuff. And there was a Saturday morning TV show, too. But I can't remember if it was before or after this movie. But there's there's something about the Ernest movies where the the first couple were just straight up comedies, and you had Ernest, the comedic main character, but he was mostly surrounded by normal people, which kind of made his antics even funnier. But Jim Varney played Ernest in like ten movies, and every one got more and more ridiculous, and all the people around him were just as insane as he was. <laughs> so, uh, but Ernest Goes to Camp is a really good. Uh, standalone uh, comedy movie where Ernest gets a job at a summer camp and he takes it on himself to kind of inspire this bunch of troubled kids because he has a dream that he wants to be a camp counselor one day and, and all of that. So uh, it's a, it's, it's a good movie. It's a, it's a very family friendly movie. Uh, there's not going to be anything objectionable <laughs> when you watch an Ernest movie. So, that he's very earnest that way. Much like what I just said about Knights of Badassdom, the earnest movies are way better than they have any right to be. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. they're wonderful. And 
here here's something that my if y'all don't know because I looked this up a few years ago, Jim Varney was an amazing Shakespearean actor. Oh yeah, yeah that, I've heard that. There are some videos of him on YouTube doing Shakespeare, and it will just knock your socks off. Right. <laughs> but he got famous. You know, he did the the Ernest character was created in some local commercials. I I, I forget where Pennsylvania maybe. Um, he you know he he did the the you know you know Vern. That and it was, I think it was for like a window making company or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, it just, it just, the character became so popular that other companies wanted him to do the ads for him. And then it became this movie. And sadly, he died several years ago, very young. He, uh, he, he was um, in his 50s, I think. He was, um, he was a heavy smoker. And you can tell in his later movies. He's got that gravelly voice, which helps him in some of, with some of his characters. <laughs> like the old lady, the way her voice is and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he, he had, uh, throat cancer, I think, and, and, oh, yeah. and eventually killed him. Yeah. But you know, if, if you see the Ernest movies and you see the trailers and the trailers make them look really stupid and they are in a way, but this is me talking, you know, I don't have a whole lot of tolerance for bad movies. Ernest is a, fun, joyful, absolutely worth the trip ride. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and, and, and I like that there's, there is an earnest movie to go with just about every season mm-hmm. because yeah, you, Ernest goes to camp. a great movie. summer one. Ernest uh, gets, or scared stupid was one of my favorite. Stupid, Ernest saves Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so I have never seen an earnest. Oh, <gasps> Oh. <laughs> because I grew up in Alabama and Ernest was everywhere. Yeah. And I had had enough. Good point. <laughs> Dude, okay. I grew up in Alabama and I grew up in rural Alabama. Yes. <laughs> so, you probably okay. have cousins that look like Ernest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Know what I mean, Vern? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's your problem okay. right there, Vern. You got that little in it. <laughs> All right, Brandon, what's what's next? All right, so this one is a kid's movie that came out right in the right time for me to uh, have enjoyed it. Uh, it's a spinoff of a cartoon series that was that ran for a few years, but this uh, movie is called A Goofy Movie. came out oh, in 1985 yeah. and uh, is a spinoff of Goof Troop, which uh, featured Goofy and his son Max, and uh, Goofy is terrified of Max... Uh, turning into a juvenile delinquent and thinks, oh, I need to go on a summer vacation with him like we used to and bring him back to how he used to be. And Max just, you know, he's a high school kid, wants to impress the girl and uh, is embarrassed by his dad. And, you know, it, they were trying to figure out this was going to be a TV special initially. And then uh, and then Disney's like, no, we think we can do this as a as a theatrical release. And so. Uh, they did it, and it's got a great soundtrack, and it's got uh, it's just a lot of fun in it. Can I just say that that implies that Goofy had sex at least once, and I'm very uncomfortable <laughs> with that. It's a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to have sex to have kids in cartoons. <laughs> my wife was explaining the concept oh, of sections to my uh, nine-year-old today. And I could tell he was getting very uncomfortable with that because <laughs> he was starting to grapple the implications of other things too. 
<laughs> I don't think Go I've ever. Se- I remember Goof man. Troop, but I don't think. What year did uh, the Goofy movie come out? Goofy movie came out in 1995. And, okay, uh, so that was. Yeah, so Goof Troop was. I think it was. It stopped. They stopped making new ones in 92, I think. A couple of years before the movie. But they. Uh, but yeah, they, they had spun this out of there. Yeah, I think 95 was the year I graduated high school. So I think I, it just slipped under my radar. I remember it being out. I just never watched it. And I I don't know why, because I love Goofy. And I, I loved Goof, Goof Troop. I thought that was a great show. But well, after today, it's going to be better. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now you got to watch it, Sean. It, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was just waiting to see if it, if that triggered anyone with a song. But. I don't think I ever saw the whole thing either. I've, I, it, it was one of those, like, the way Rich wa- Rick watches kids' movies. I think that's the way I've watched this movie. <laughs> I think I put it on a couple of times, um, like, at, like, at the time when it was popular. And uh, I just I, something always happened, and I had to leave the room, and I never got back to it. So I've, I've seen bits and pieces of the whole movie, but I've never seen it all the way through. I tried making my uh, son, when he was little, I tried making him watch some of the Disney back catalog or whatever, but he never wanted to watch anything but Barney and uh, Thomas the Train. So, (laughs) Yeah, my my daughter is very, and and I have not encouraged or discouraged her in any way from from what she's wanted to watch cartoon-wise, but, uh, you know, I've always been a Looney Tunes person. I really didn't care for Disney. I still don't. Uh, and she's not into Disney cartoons at all, other than like the movies. So she couldn't yeah. care less about Mickey or Minnie or Goofy or any of that stuff. Well, I'll tell you, if you have kids who are uh, older elementary to junior high-ish age kids, if you put the movie on right now, because of the themes of summer that it does have, it might connect with them. And if you wanted to indoctrinate indoctrinate them into the house of mouse uh classic <laughs> tv this may be well classic for me this might be <laughs> the way to do it again i live in florida so you know the the tyranny of the mouse is everywhere so i'm happy to <laughs> avoid it <laughs> i would i would also uh encourage you to uh, <clears throat> watch the 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 new batch of mickey shorts they are hilarious. They're definitely um, tongue in cheek, written with adults in mind. Um, I think they first started doing them like five, six years ago, mm-hmm. and they're all on Disney Plus. Is well, that I'm, the one with the, the, the like, kind of old style man, animation that they're doing? That that, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I they're, watched. They're, they're really, they're, they're really funny. Um. Okay, Jen, what you? What you got? Okay, this one should be no surprise. 1987 film starring Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze. Yes, I am talking about Dirty Dancing, because that takes place (laughs) over the summer that they go to the the retreat. (laughs) Nobody puts baby in the corner. Of course, it's the time (laughs) of your life. Oh, gosh. Just about every woman and quite a few gay men fell in love with Patrick Swayze because of this film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
Yeah, but Dirty Dancing. I, I still remember. I, I didn't see it in the theater. I actually saw it on cable like a year after. But, um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, Pat, Patrick's a nice looking man in this film. <laughs> 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 oh, but, uh, I mean, that was the first time I ever heard the term knocked up was actually this movie. <laughs> Did you ever see the, um, the live version that they did a few years ago on TV. No, it was not good. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> it was very bad. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, another one of those movies where I've actually been to the location that they filmed it at. All of the outside scenes are actually from a resort. Unfortunately, is no longer. They've torn it down, but it was up in Asheville, North Carolina, where they hmm. filmed some of the outside scenes. Yeah, it, I mean it's. Not a great plot in this film. There's actually very little plot to it. It's just Boy Meets Girl kind of thing. Of, yeah, that's about all there is to this film, and some dancing is involved. So, But <laughs> it's a classic. Um, yeah, it, I mean, everyone... Uh, actually, initially, my mom thought... Because my, uh, my mom thought it was going to be a porn movie. <laughs> this is the title. Uh, but no, it's... It, Actually, she quite enjoyed it and reminded her of her childhood because it took place in the the it, the movie take is done in the eighties, but it took place in the sixties and just yeah, a lot of nostalgia for my parents and not so much my dad, but my my mom. <laughs> so what you're saying it was more Patrick Swayze than the than the nostalgia. <laughs> for me, yes. For my mom, not some no 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 well no, and she cried mm. in that well okay yeah it was fifty fifty. <laughs> Okay, yeah. but she cried when he smashed the window of the car. Oh God, because she loves Chevys. And that was a '57 Chevy, which she, that was like her favorite <laughs> car. And she was like, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my fun. gosh! But yeah, Dirty Dancing. That's that's another nostalgic, great, no plot film with lots of pretty people in it. So there you go. <laughs> All right. John, what about you? Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit, too. I, w- I wasn't going to, but since uh, since my big Summer Glow reveal was uh, <laughs> got hijacked, uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually going to do a show, uh, Phineas and Ferb. Mm. Oh, that was on my list. That was on my list. Because have- the premise <laughs> is every episode takes place during the summer. The entire what eight year however long the show was on the air. Yeah. It's all it all happens over the summer. Uh and it was Phineas and Ferb came out, I guess late nineties, early two thousands. So I was kind of two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. So I was too old for like, you know I I had stopped watching cartoons on like the Disney network at that point. Um and so it looked interesting, but it wasn't superheroes and it wasn't sci-fi and it wasn't, you know, so I was like, yeah, and I would, and I would catch an episode every day or I would catch a scene every now and then and it would be funny. Um, but I never, and still haven't seen them all, but I've seen several episodes now and it's, I, I mean, I don't even really know how to explain the plot to this. So there's two brothers, one of whom doesn't speak <laughs> for some reason. 
they, they their goal is to make every day of the summer just legendary. So they do crazy inventions, they go crazy adventures, and because they're Disney, uh, every time Disney gets a new property, they can incorporate that into an episode. So there's like Star Wars stuff, there's Marvel stuff, um, and it's all it's all very cleverly written, and it's surprisingly a musical. Uh, and I think this is another one. Of, this is one of the, one of the first shows that. That at least that I remember doing that when they would just, you know, it's not a musical show, but they would do mute. They would incorporate musical numbers frequently. Mm-hmm. So for for sheer originality, unique characters like uh, Doctor Doofenshmirt and Perry the Platypus, uh, and the the running gag of no one ever believes the sister, even though. <laughs> She's always right. Uh, <laughs> I, re- I recommend finishing for Okay, that's another one I've I've heard of many many times, but never sat down and watched it. So. It is a it's definitely an entertaining show with a lot of witty comedy in there that adults will enjoy, but definitely yeah. entertaining for the kids as well. Um, super meta, super meta stuff going on. Yes, hugely meta stuff. Uh, Dan Povenmire, if anybody is on TikTok, follow him. He's hilarious on TikTok. He's the uh, one of the creators of the show. He also does the voice for Dr. Doofenshmirtz. And he uh, he's one of the reasons why you have random songs in there because he and uh, Jeff Marsh would write. They, they, they could write these lyrics really quick and easily and, and put them together. So, no, it's a, definitely a super, super fun show that you can watch with all of the kids around and you will be laughing at some things that the kids just might not understand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Rick, what about you? All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Damn it. Uh, gotta stop smoking those camels. Um, <laughs> those unfilters will get you. Kidding. I'm sure the other camels will appreciate it. I haven't had a cigarette in 20 years. Um, John, I, I heard you, and, and that was very funny. Thank you. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> you said you got to stop smoking those camels, and he said, I'm sure the camels will appreciate it. Uh, I was going to say something similar, so he beat me to <laughs> You know, when I was in the Air Force, uh, I worked with a dude who smoked unfiltered, double-wide camels. They They were, like, extra big. And and they might as well have just put on the package more cancer than any other cigarette. And he was like, and I was like, dude, those are gonna freaking kill you. And he's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, nineteen seventy-five. My brother, my two step brothers, wanted to see this movie. Now I have since had an argument with well, argument maybe is a little strong, but. Uh, now my mother is no longer with us to defend herself on this, so I win. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I did not want to go see this movie, but I was eleven and could not stay home alone. Not that she had ever not left us alone before that, but anyway, uh, the movie is Jaws. Of course. <laughs> um, we get to the theater. And my brothers, who heard that there's a naked girl in the first part of the movie, 
wanted to sit in the front row. I did not. I sat back with my folks. And if you are familiar with the movie, yes, there is a naked girl in the first ten minutes of the movie, and she gets horribly eaten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they came screaming back to the back row where we were. Um, I then asked if I could go sit in the lobby, and I was told no. And that movie traumatized me for years. Um, however, in retrospect now, I'm glad I saw it because it is an amazing film, and it also set me on a path where first I hated, was terrified of, and then started learning about and have grown now to really be fascinated by sharks. Um, it was based on the book by Peter Benchley, uh, and it's a story about a, if you're not familiar with Jaws, and I don't know how the hell you couldn't be, but just in case you're not, it's a story about a great, great white shark that terrorizes a New England town in the summertime, um, and it has become a horror classic, and it still holds up because, mainly because Stevens, this was Steven Spielberg's, not his first movie, but one of his first movies, um, they built a mechanical shark. They built several mechanical sharks that then proceeded to absolutely not work. Um, and there's plenty of videos on that on uh, about that on YouTube, books written about it and stuff like that if you want to go into the details of it. But ultimately what the result was that Spielberg had planned for the shark to be a lot more up front and center, but the robot didn't work. And so that forced him to work with a shark that wasn't there. And that ultimately ended up making the movie 130% scarier than it ever would have been. Because if you see the movie, the, the scenes where you actually see the shark are almost laughable because it was, it, I mean, it was very clearly a mechanical shark. Um, mm-hmm. But the scenes where you don't see it and all you get is a fin or a ripple and you, and John Williams brilliant score for it. That you know, it is a classic it and it started the whole summer blockbuster thing. And it's a brilliant film uh, that I'm now glad I saw. But when I was 11 years old, scared, it made me afraid of the goddamn bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my next one is from 1989, Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, God. Uh, I hate this film so so much. Starring Jonathan (laughs) Silverman, Andrew McCarthy, and Terry Kaiser. Two guys go to a party at their boss's house. He dies. They still want to party, so they prop him up and act like he's still alive. (laughs) And that's, that's the gist of the movie. And what you get is... A very off the wall, off kilter kind of uh, comedy that is, uh, I think, is hilarious. <laughs> and there was a sequel. I was like, they didn't bury the guy. They just well, the sequel them. takes place like the next day. <laughs> so the sequel is weird. I was going to mention. I was going to mention the sequel because the sequel is even funnier because uh, yeah. they put a voodoo curse on the body because they want. They want him to take him to where he hid some money. 
not the guys. This is uh, this is somebody else that's doing this to him. So they put this voodoo curse, and it's supposed to reanimate the body and make it walk to the to the money. But they're supposed to use chicken blood in the voodoo curse, and they use pigeon blood instead. And it makes it so that instead of walking to the money, he just gets up and dances whenever there's music being played. <laughs> but can, uh, but the second one, the second one right as a whole. Imagine Rick's face as you're describing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the first one is just. I mean, it's just fun, and they also have to throw in in the first one. They have to throw in that you find out that he was embezzling a bunch of money, and he was going to kill these two guys so that you don't feel bad for him dying. You know. So. Okay. But uh, it's been spoofed so many times. I mean, how you take. A movie that's supposed to be uh, stupid funny in the first place, and then you spoof it. <laughs> and uh, they've done skits on Saturday Night Live and stuff that's the same premise of uh, Weekend at Bernie's. And it's, I mean, it's a fun movie. It's, it's, of course, it's stupid. It's about a dead guy that they're they're walking around pretending like he's still alive, waving didn't, at people, wearing sunglasses and stuff. Didn't so. Daniel Radcliffe recently do a movie where he played a dead guy through the whole thing? Yeah. That was actually funny. Yes, it wasn't uh, really Army the same Man. kind of thing, though. Yep. I, I never saw Weekend at Bernie's because because <laughs> you don't need to just you can stop the cinema. Oh, right there. You That's can, fine. Yeah. you don't need to justify not seeing Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, <laughs> it is no Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go around the circle one more time. Uh, Brandon, what's your last one? Oh, that assumes that I've got some left. Um, okay, I've got one left. That, I don't know that it... I think it takes place in the summer. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but it definitely feels like a summer movie. Is uh, The Sandlot, uh, which came oh, yeah. in... It is, yeah. Uh, okay, that's right. There's a swimming pool scene. That's another one that came out in 1993. That was actually filmed here in Utah, and I have several uh, acquaintances who were extras in that. But, you know, it's about a kid who wants to learn baseball and... Uh, falls into a group that is playing baseball in the neighborhood and they've got to fight a monster dog and uh, they've got to learn mouth to mouth uh, uh, for resuscitation purposes only I'm sure um, and yeah <laughs> it was it's just kind of a just kind of a fun family friendly uh, coming of age story uh, with some young comedy kids and some of the best insults ever you play like a girl <laughs> you're killing me smalls um, they are. I think they are making a series for Disney Plus. Oh, I was that surprised. is uh. like a, a, a update. It's like the kids from the Sandlot are now grown, and their kids are friends and stuff. So it's supposed to be coming out sometime in the next year or so. I think. What's the mm-hmm. the 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 redheaded guy from Sandlot? I can't remember his name. Patrick Renna. Yeah, I think that's right. He's got a podcast and, uh, which don't ask me what the name of it is right now, but he, he has a podcast and, uh, I heard him on his podcast talking about the fact that there's a Disney Plus series coming soon. So you'll never guess the name of his podcast. It's called You're Killing Me with Patrick Renna. <laughs> <laughs> That's a prize. <laughs> All right. Jen, what about you? What's your last one? Okay, so I have done. I have now done a a boy meets girl film with zero plot. So I will now switch to a boy meets girl film with a very intricate plot. This film is from 1995. 
Uh, it was one of Richter Linkletter's very first films. Uh, it stars Ethan Hawke and Judy Delpy. Before Sunrise, it takes place over one night in June yeah. in 1994. Nice. And it's I love all three of the movies. They made two other movies after. And it started kind of Linkletter's thing where he'll wait a few years so that it's actually going along with the ages of the actors. Uh, but Before Sunrise is basically uh, Ethan Hawke's character is hanging out in, I believe, Budapest um, and just no, randomly Paris. is it Paris? Okay, Paris, no, he's, yeah. he's going from Budapest Okay, and he just runs into this random girl on the street and he just has an instant connection with her so he starts talking with her and they end up essentially spending the night together talking and gradually falling in love and it takes place literally over one night and it's based on loosely based on a, a story basically link letter when he met this girl and just same thing happened it's loosely based on his experiences uh but it's a very very sweet film and uh, like i said they ended up making two other films one of them uh, the next one was called before sunset which they meet up again like 10 years later and fall back in love and then at the end of the movie I believe they get married and then the before midnight which takes place like seven or eight years later and they're married and have kids and that one is very, the third one is very uncomfortable to watch they can't, yeah because they're because arguing. they're arguing through the entire movie yeah they're thinking about getting a divorce and they end up yeah. reconciling but yeah a very sweet trilogy but the first one is specifically is a summer one because it takes place over one night in June and um Beautiful, beautiful film. I love most of Linkletter's stuff. I'm not a big fan of Slackers, but I like most of his other movies. Um, if you if you like, just because a lot of his films are just people talking. I hate to say it. Yeah. And uh, if you can handle that, and you can handle just the two of them talking and gradually falling in love over the course of like eight hours, uh, definitely give it a give it a look. Yeah, those are good. Those are good movies. We I, we watched it. I watched it with my wife a few years ago, and we went ahead and watched the other two because I think we had seen Boyhood, and then yeah. we just went and watched all the all the other stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, by the time we got to the third one, we were like, man, this one's kind of uncomfortable to watch. It's it, just, it is. Yeah, some yeah. scenes are. Yeah, yeah. All right, John. What about you? I'm pretty much out. Like the only other thing I had on my list was the like I, I'd mentioned that. Independence Day was the first big summer, big release blockbuster that I remember. The last one, and it's certainly not the last big film to come out during the summer, but the last one that I remember being a I can't wait, it's such an anticipate, anticipated summer event was the first Avengers movie in uh, 2012. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you listen to this podcast... There's nothing I can say about the Avengers movie that you haven't heard us already say. So. <laughs> you're right. talking about Thurman, right? Norman <laughs> yeah. Thurman and Sean, what was it? Uh, Sean, was it Sean Connery? Sean Connery no. and Ray Fiennes. Yes. Ray yeah. Fiennes. I have it on DVD <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Rick, what about you? What's your last one? All right. This is going to hurt. Because I just did the math, and we are three days shy of this film's 37th anniversary. Mm -hmm. Oof. Ghostbusters. 
Oh yeah. I didn't realize it was on the it, other day. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always on somewhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that it came out. It was a summer movie. I just remember that. I, I remember the ads for it. Ghostbuster, this movie and Galaxy Quest are kind of in my in the same. I know they're years apart, but they're they're the same in my mind. In that, I remember seeing the trailers for it. I remember my my friends and I seeing the trailers for this and going, "That is going to be freaking awesome," because we weren't cynical yet. <laughs> we hadn't had the, <laughs> the joy of life crushed out of us yet. Um, and we just saw the cast, you know, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, and we didn't know who, who, uh, Harold Ramis was at the time or, or, uh, Ernie Hudson, but just, you know, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd in a movie together with ghosts, we figured this could not lose. And boy, were we right. This was such an amazing movie. Um, I don't know if anyone listening to this needs to be told to watch Ghostbusters, but if you haven't seen it, you need to because even though you know some of the special effects don't work so well anymore, some of the, the the animation and green screen stuff doesn't hold up. But you know it was freaking thirty seven years ago. What do you want? Uh, <laughs> there's also some it's still, really it's still honestly the effects hold up better than you would have thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know Sigourney Weaver was it was at the peak of her not only her popularity but her just her ability and her, her craft uh, and, and Harold Ramis, uh, not Harold Ramis. Um, I mean, Harold Ramis is in it. Uh, um, Rick Moranis, just, you know, mm. hit, hit Lewis Tully. What, hit, okay. If all you've seen of Ghostbusters is the cartoon or maybe Ghostbusters two, which was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this Ghostbusters is such a great movie because it doesn't try to be funny. It just is funny. And it's one of the things that I like. You know, the, the comedies that I like the most are the ones where everybody plays it straight and just lets the situations be funny. Because, if you know, Ghostbusters 2, I think, is a terrible movie because they it, it it's like them trying to do the cartoon on on li- in live action egon's hair is huge and and everybody's trying to be like the 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 cartoon version of the characters they created in ghostbusters whereas ghostbusters almost was terrible if you ever like read any of the stuff about what this movie was supposed to be what Aykroyd wrote yeah i have <laughs> it was, I, uh, yeah, it was yeah. weird it was really weird that the the, the dream sequence with the ghost giving him a blowjob and pardon my French, but that's what's going on there. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. was from one of the earlier drafts. And for some reason they decided to leave it in. (laughs) It's the only reason I haven't shown this movie to my, well, actually did I show it to her? Yeah, she has watched it and she fortunately didn't ask about it. Um, But you know, it was supposed to be like in the future and ghosts were aliens and there was all this interdimensional stuff. And, you know, fortunately, cooler heads prevailed and, cre- and gave us this wonderful movie that today 37 years later still holds up in my opinion yeah and it's still very quotable oh yeah yes it's true this know, man has no dick <laughs> y'all know that that bill murray's role was supposed to be played by john belushi but yep. he died yep 
And if you look at yeah. like some of the earlier scenes, you can really see the John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd uh, uh, dynamic there. Mm. I'm one of the weirdos that doesn't mind Ghostbusters 2. Everybody always says how much they hate it. I uh, the only bad. thing I didn't like about it was the happy slime. I, I wasn't a fan of the happy slime. I mean, when you go to see a movie called Ghostbusters, you almost have to be able to know that things like that are going to happen. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Also, I, I mean, you're, you're, you're right about the you're right about the cartoon playing into it because when the first one came out, obviously the cartoon hadn't happened yet. But by the time the second one came out, five years later, they had to cater to that audience because you put out a movie called Ghostbusters. You got a bunch of kids that have seen this Ghostbusters cartoon for the last several years. They're going to want to go see it. So, and they're going to want to see something that they recognize. As you know, but. yeah, it was actually a little bit of trivia. There was actually another TV show called Ghostbusters back in the seventies. Oh, yeah. I used that to was watch done it. by Filmation. <laughs> yeah, and then they did a cartoon where it was the the sons of the original actors in the live action one, and that the copyright for the word Ghostbusters was under Filmation, and they had to fight tooth and nail to get that name for the movie because Dan Aykroyd would just would not use anything else. Uh, and they had to go. Yeah, they had this. Why they had to call it the real Ghostbusters? Have, yeah, the, the real yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah, but they had to go through this like huge legal battle just to get the name Ghostbusters for the film. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, Ghostbusters was Larry Storch and Forrest Tucker and a gorilla and a guy in a gorilla suit. A guy in a gorilla suit. <laughs> literally, he got the part <laughs> because he had a gorilla suit. That was the only reason. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to um, Ghostbusters Afterlife and to find out that what comes out in October, I think. No, it's, it doesn't come out till next year. They've pushed it back. Yeah, they pushed it back again. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, the the trailers for that give me give me chills. It looks like it's going to be really cool. Even though Paul Rudd's in it, I know, I know how much you love Paul Rudd. <laughs> I don't have a problem with Paul Rudd. I just don't like Ant Man. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, Rick. Black Widow should have taken Ant Man's slot. There you go. Problem solved. Go. Back yeah, to there, the yeah. <laughs> All right. My last one is from 1986, and it's Stand by Me, oh, starring uh, Will yeah. Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell, and Kiefer Sutherland. Directed by Rob Reiner. Uh, it takes place over Memorial Day weekend, so it's the last weekend before they go back to school. So it's it's a summer movie. And um, after the death of one of his friends, a writer recounts a childhood journey with his friends to find the body of a missing boy. And it's based on a uh, novella that Stephen King wrote for one of his yeah. uh, compilations. And uh, it's a, it's a it's a great movie. And if you. <sighs> To this day, I cannot watch the scene with the kid throwing up on everybody. Cannot oh. watch that. Nope. <laughs> I leave the room every time that scene comes on. Yeah, it's kind of gross. but <laughs> <laughs> If you ever watch any of the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff with it, uh, like the way that they get the shot of the train behind uh, Will Wheaton and, uh, and uh, Jerry O'Connell, the, the train looks like it's a lot closer than it really. They use a telescopic lens and everything on it, but, uh, and they also told the story of Rob Reiner trying to get some emotion out of these. I mean, he's, he's working with 12 and 13 year old boys, you know, and they, they were all good actors. They did a really good job in this movie, but they're still 12 and 13 year old boys. 
and he was trying to do a scene with them he, that they had to show some emotion, and they kept cutting up and they were laughing and 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 stuff like that. So he like tore them a new one and just got in their face screaming and made them cry. <laughs> and then when the scene was over, he went up and apologized. I'm sorry, I I, I had to get that uh, uh, reaction out of you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you did that now, it'd be on the internet and you get canceled. <laughs> But yeah, that's 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 a, a a great movie that I I try to watch every few years because they they just give such a all four of those boys just give uh, really good performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was that was the year before the Next Generation started, so that's the first thing that I remember ever seeing with Will Wheaton in it. I'm sure he was in other stuff before. Uh, that, he was a he had a really teeny tiny small part in the last Starfighter. He's in the credits. Look it up. Yeah, he yeah. played like one of the younger brothers' friends, and he did some. Commercials. And then, yeah, um, River Phoenix passed away a few years later. I mean, he didn't die. I think he died in like ninety one, ninety two, something like that. So it was mm-hmm. a few years later. Mm-hmm. But, Drug overdose. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, that's all I've got. Uh, I did. Ha- I had a couple of uh, honorable mentions I throw out. Uh, Rear window. I've talked about it before, so I'm not going to go into it here. But uh, basically, it's a summer movie because they they had to set up the fact that there was a heat wave so that they could have an excuse of why everybody's windows were open and <laughs> you could see in everybody's window and all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, I mentioned um, Camp Nowhere. And then I know what you did last summer uh, is another mm-hmm. summer movie. The success of Scream just kind of oh, yeah. all these all these movies started getting made and and that was one of the ones that I thought was actually uh, good and Die Hard with a Vengeance I put it out there just because I love Die Hard movies and it fits because it's a summer movie so <laughs> mm-hmm. let's see my other ones I had um, American Graffiti because that takes place the day before they graduate high school yeah yeah. Um, I also had the seven year itch because that takes place over the summer because essentially the main character of his family goes off on a summer trip and he ends up running into this blonde and things happen. So yeah, that's a, another one. And, uh, then of course I had Lampoon's vacation. <laughs> so I left a uh, wet, hot American summer off of my list because I thought somebody else would mention it, but nobody no. did. So. Wet Hot American Summer. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Anybody else want to throw anything out there? Literally everything on this uh, on uh, that we've talked about is every movie on my list. I had I had been saving Stand by Me for an also ran, but you know, you know, you got to talk about it, and that's a good thing because it's a good movie. So uh, this is a good list. This is this is my list. I, I don't care that you guys all contributed to it. Essentially, mm-hmm. this is the list that I've got typed up into my Apple Notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for us tonight. I want to remind everybody about our Patreon. Uh, we posted a new episode just for our patrons a few days ago where you can watch The Thing with Two Heads along with us, and you can hear our commentary. It was a lot of fun. Our Patreon is as, as little as $3 a month, and you get extra content you get early access to episodes and a lot more so come visit us at patreon.com slash infinite potato to find out more uh if you want to know how to reach us stay tuned and brock will let you know in just a couple of minutes but i want to thank everybody for being here tonight 
Uh, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me on here. This is uh, It's really good. I don't get to make lists like this quite as frequently anymore. And uh, probably the next time we talk to you, you will have another child. <laughs> Very hopefully. Yeah. Feel free to list those on the show. Oh, <laughs> that'll be the next episode. We'll we'll have we'll just have a list of our children. <laughs> Let everybody know where they can find you. <laughs> so you can find my stuff over at fandompodcast.com. It's a show that we just recently relaunched, and we're taking some deep dives into different fandoms, the history behind them. The we also I was I was being a little facetious. I think John caught it when I said I don't get to make lists very often because. Uh, one of the regulars for our fandoms is we make lists of you might also like. If you like this, you might also like. And so, oh. <laughs> they're, so I, I, I make lists frequently, but they're not. But to be fair, they're always in terms of okay, what are the themes of this show, and what can I recommend to other people? But yeah, fandompodcast.com. We'd love to have you over there. All right, John. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. And let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Captain Game Show. It is the trivia wordplay podcast here on the Infinite Potato Alliance Network. Uh, yeah. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen, thank you for joining us. As always, a pleasure. And uh, do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, well, just that I'm pretty much all over the Infinite Potato network as well lately so just if if it's out there i'm on there somewhere okay yeah all right and rick thank you for being here as well thank you um uh, i'm on the i'm getting too old for this shit uh i'm tired you can find me on starbase 66 or open the iris or that star trek podcast or which which show is this is that super fun fan talk podcast right Yes, those were those were. I promise, all of those syllables will work if you squint your ears. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Dilithium Rick uh, or uh, on Facebook if you want to look up my name. If you know it, you can look me up. Uh, if you don't, then don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Be sure to come back again for the next episode of that Super Fan Talk podcast when you might hear John say, Well, you know what they say. You either die a hero or you live long enough to die as the villain. Or you die because you're in the wrong building when the hero and the villain are fighting. So good luck, I guess. <laughs> How true. Death and taxes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on That Super Fan Talk Podcast, brought to you by InfinitePotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.